My name is Tony Bennett and it is my privilege to direct and narrate this episode of the Tough Love and Second Chances podcast. This is the story of Mark Smith. Mark has been a stalwart of golf for the disabled for the entire period since Edgar was first formed. That doesn't mean to say that he's old, as his first forays into international competition took place while he was still just a youngster. With an impressive Category 1 handicap and a game built on accuracy and a good short game, Mark is a formidable competitor. Mark talks about the friends he has made through golf and the importance of a buddy system. Mark Smith was born and bred in the county of Kent, known as the Garden of England. His big sport growing up was cricket. He was a bowler of leg spin. But he and his mates would also play golf after each summer cricket season, usually at Cobtree Manor Golf Club near Maidstone. It was for them a winter sport, but even so, Mark played to about a 14 handicap by the time he left school aged 16 to take up a four-year apprenticeship in printing. Printing was a fast-changing industry at that time, and Mark would go on to forge his career in the world of computer software and IT, while the plan was to be a weekend cricketer with his bowling and sometimes batting exploits no doubt making the back pages of the local newspaper, The Kent Messenger. That was the plan. Though today, happily married to Charlotte, with their two sons, Daniel and Robin, living in Buckinghamshire back in 1992 at the age of 21, everything changed for Mark in one second on one metre of road in a single heartbeat. For many young men, motorbikes meant far more than just getting from A to B at a decent rate. But with joyous freedom comes high risk, and one Sunday taking his bike for a pleasure ride through Kent, Mark collided with a car. The crash could easily have been fatal, and Mark would need to spend eight weeks in hospital. The most concerning problem being that his left leg was badly damaged, particularly the ankle. Mark first had an external fixator fitted to the leg, a brace and a frame surrounding the leg with pins going into the leg to support recovery. More surgeries were needed to repair bone, promote circulation, with complicated work on arteries and veins, as well as skin repair. Then after that, sort of rehabilitation didn't really go that well. I was, I was walking around on crutches for two years, and then uh, it sort of come to the time of sort of, you know, what, what do we do now? You know, what do we, what happens? You know, the bones weren't healing that well. My ankle wasn't in a very good condition. So I had a couple of, uh, met with a couple of doctors, one in one in Royal London and one at Oxford. And uh, yeah, we came to the decision that I could either have another two years of surgery, trying to put my ankle, take my ankle apart, put it back together, or have elective amputation. Um, so yeah, decided to have the amputation and draw a line under that and get on with my life. You know, I was young, I wanted to do things, you know, I didn't see it as a, you know, having an amputation would stop me doing things. So I just, you know, great, let's just get on with it. It was a big decision for the young man, but he went ahead with the full support of his friends and family. Mark describes it as having a good group around him to make sure that he didn't suddenly fall apart. I think I, I, think I was very, very prepared for it, as in it was a decision that, I may be made in the summer and it didn't happen until November time. So I had, you know, a reasonable amount of time to to get used to that. You know, they wasn't just going to take my word 
to do it straight away. I think I, you know, I, I was very, very prepared for everything that was going to happen. So I'd already been to the prosthetic place clinic to understand, you know, what the process was going to be. You know, it was all explained to me. Fortunately, the resulting operation went very well. Mark staying a week in hospital without any complications. It was during his time of recovery that Mark realised that golf, at first at the fringes of his sporting and social life, was about to play a far greater role for him. I think I'd probably play golf within two months. First round oh. of golf within two months after having the after having the amputation. So, yeah, it was all you know. It was almost like a goal, really. You know. Yeah to get back into it. At first it was playing pitch and put while using crutches, which though difficult and problematic, it was also fun to be back with his friends. The golfing skills were still there, so he didn't have a mountain to climb. Instead, this would prove to be a wonderful part of Mark's mental and physical therapy and would help him to shape his new life ahead. I think just got out there and just started sort of trying to enjoy it a bit, really. Um, I think it probably felt alien at first to have so long of not being able to really sort of weight bear on my left leg to actually be able to sort of even with sort of some sort of pain it it was okay yeah i think the first first few months were were tricky mark started to regain confidence in his golf swing over the next year or so and he was soon playing off around 13 handicap a result which delighted mark and his friends from this excellent restart, the game clearly consumed Mark, providing a fantastic benefit for his confidence and his social life, not least enabling him to continue playing sport with the cricket inmates of his youth. He joined the Ridge Golf Club near Maidstone in Kent, and golf has been a good friend to Mark ever since. Mark would play his first event for golfers with disability in 1995, and over the next two decades, his handicap tumbled down through single figures as he played in events in England, France, Sweden, the Netherlands, Germany, Canada and South Africa, winning 10 tournaments in the process. He says the pinnacle was winning the Disabled British Open in 2010. One of the people he thanks most for introducing him to this competitive scene is Bob Stewart. Another amputee that I used to play tournaments with, Bob Stewart, was a member there was due to be captain in a couple of years after I joined. He proposed me and, uh, yeah, I spent probably six years there as a member. Um, even used to commute down from London when I moved to London, you know, spent probably spent longer in the car travelling there than I did actually playing because it was a two ball that would take three hours. It would probably take, it was probably a three and a half hour round trip by car. So... <laughs> People are like, you're mad, why'd you go that way to play golf? Mark remembers fondly the old British Amputee Golf Association tournaments. They, you know, used to run these amazing tournaments, you know. We used to have 100 people playing these events in the UK. There would be people coming, you know, Jeff Nicholas would come over from Australia. You know, 10, 15 Americans would come over. Um, you know, there would be these the week-long events, you know, there would be sponsors day practice day three round tournament you know it was, it was a whole week event these 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 massive you know <laughs> massive celebrations of golf almost built and then we started playing the um 
the English tournaments, which was, I think it used to be called the Federation Games, it's the old Balassa mm-hmm. event, which was in Swindon, at Broom Manor in Swindon, pretty much every year for about 20 years it was. And that's where it sort of started when sort of European guys started to come over and play with us. And, you know, this, that's where that sort of whole egg uh, embryotic, embryotic thing sort of appeared, really. In his 20s and 30s, Mark was more guarded about his disability on the golf course, while today he's far more relaxed and wants people to understand. I think in the early days, it would be it would be very difficult for people to even know that I was disabled. I'd probably always wear trousers and I was reasonably young, so I wouldn't necessarily, they wouldn't know. But they might say, oh, you, you're limping a bit, are you all right? And it's like, well, yeah, it's sort of, you know, and then you might explain the story, you know, you haven't got a leg or whatever. And they sort of get a bit sort of taken back by that. I think recently in the sort of last, I'd say, I'm just trying to think when I, the last maybe four or five years, I've sort of embraced it and just sort of worn shorts every time, really. You know, if the weather permits, I would just play in shorts because it just saves any awkward discussions or stuff like that but yeah people just sort of say you know oh, you know, you wore really well da, 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 da. but then you know I think it's become something you know being an amputee has sort of become I don't know it's much more accepted in the last sort of 10 years or so there is there isn't really a stigma around it anymore I think yeah. people just sort of you know whether that's you know, like I said whether it's Paralympics whether it's a, a sort of veterans thing you know things become I don't know, a lot more out in the open, you know, you see the Invictus stuff, you know, you see people in movies, you know, you know, it's just, I think, yeah, it's just a lot more, yeah, the stigma's gone, basically. Playing in the Edgar calendar and embracing its ethos that we're all golfers first, Marcus helped a great many players find their way and relish tournament play. In 2016, he and fellow player Mike Gay started the English Disabled Golf Team, supported by England Golf in part because he wants to inspire the next generation of players. He thanks the Professional Golfers Association, PGA, for helping him to do this as he has passed his level one coaching course recently. Mark has the great support from two PGA coaches in particular to help his game. Tim Milford from Pedham Place Golf Club and Craig Thomas from the ISPS Handa Academy Programme. They have helped Mark take his handicap down to 5.4 a year or so back and now recalculated as part of the World Handicap System, he finds himself today a Category 1 player off 1.9 handicap, which Mark himself describes as a bit brutal. Brutal or not, this is testament to his positive attitude and the hard work over more than two decades of playing golf. These days he enjoys his golf near home at Lamban Golf Club near Slough. And it's tempting to think that the story has a simple happy ending in golf terms, but life is never quite that easy. Mark, like other amputees, is still affected by wearing a prosthetic and has his share of issues looking after his leg. Fantastic though prosthetics are technically today, it's never always smooth sailing, even on a good day. I would say even after being a you know amputee for coming up for 20 years I still haven't got 100% confidence in it I don't think I ever will to be honest because it's still it's still not there 
you know, and you have good, but you have good days and you have bad days. You know, I think it's the fact that you can, it's funny how it, it probably doesn't actually affect your swing, but mentally it can, because it, some days it doesn't feel as good as it does other days. So that's when you, your confidence in it dips and it's probably an excuse that you're playing badly, but you know, you can go away and wake up the next day and put it back on again and it feels great. And you're like, well, what's, what's that all about? You know, that happens, you know, even mid tournament, you know, you might have a great day first day and then you put it on the second day and it just doesn't feel right. Mark still relishes the intense personal competition through golf in a sport, which is also very much a social game at the amateur level. I think that's the fact that you can play, you're playing your, you're playing your own ball. You can't be influenced by other people, as in they can't stop you getting your ball in the hole. It's not like a sort of team sport where you're sort of, you know, you're trying to get somebody out or you're trying to stop them scoring. Um, I think you're in control of your own sort of score to a point. There's half a dozen of us that would always meet up and, you know, we always go and visit each other's courses and, you know, have a day out with each other just outside of tournaments. Still quite a close group of people that, you know, I think we're just sort of... It's the, it's the old phrase, isn't it? We're just golfers with disabilities. We're not disabled. We just, we're all golfers and we enjoy playing with each other. So we, we would still play with each other socially as well. In terms of the players, he's made many friends in over 20 years and close mates include Tony Lloyd, Mark Helm and Scott Richardson. Golf has, it's given me a fantastic friendship group it's given me some great opportunities to to travel i think you know i think that they probably combine each you know combine with each other we played in some you know played all over the world in disabled events uh it's been quite lucky to do but and then obviously make some great friends in those countries as well and i think you know even if you don't see someone for <laughs> 10, 15 years, you might sort of turn up at a tournament and all of a sudden, oh, how are you doing? You know, it's almost like you haven't necessarily been apart almost. Um, I think, you know, disabled golf in particular has... Um, I think it's just given everyone a sort of a place where everyone can feel comfortable, not feel, you know, especially when you're newly, you know, you your disability has sort of happened quite recently. People can turn up, they might feel a bit apprehensive in the first sort of few hours, but, you know, everyone's always going to sit down and have a chat with you, you know, say, how you doing, you know, not seen you around before, you know, what you're up to. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think the friendship is just, is one of the big things that take away from this in terms of advice to others who may face a similar injury and subsequent amputation, Mark's thoughts tackle the emotional issue and also the practical. Yeah, yeah, it's well, it's a scary moment. You're sort of like, <laughs> it's like any operation in hospital, isn't it? You sort of, you think, well, I've got to go out anaesthetic and we're going to, and we're going to wake up. Um, I think that there is, there's always, you know, there's always going to be someone to support you. I think, you know, you're, you're, it's not the end, you know, that 
try and look on the bright side of, of where you are at the moment. There's, you know, your life is going to change clearly because you're having this sort of life-changing experience in hospital. You know, hopefully you're going to recover. But if you don't recover and things don't necessarily go as you plan, you know, there's there's always something to look forward to. And it's a sort of, it's not really a joke, but it's just a sort of sensible advice that we say to people. You know, no matter how down they're feeling, you know, there's there's always someone worse off than you. So don't think that you're the worst off person in the world so you know buck yourself up and get on with it because there's some great things to do out there Mark's practical advice is about investing time thought and having a good relationship with your prosthetic consultant being careful to make sure this works in the consultation and the fitting stages can make a big difference in terms of comfort balance and confidence going forward Looking to the future, Mark does worry that he's not seeing enough amputees, and in particular women amputees, getting into a sport that can be so beneficial. He wants to see golf as a go-to option in rehabilitation facilities and hospitals, reasoning that if something isn't on the menu, it can't be chosen. Mark in effect benefited in a buddy system through his friendship with Bob Stewart and believes that this kind of person can be also crucial to anyone starting or returning to the game. The buddy system is a phrase that seems to inspire both myself and Mark. It comes down to good people, volunteers and professionals being able to support those who might really need a new direction, hobby or sport, after an accident or illness. As quite a number of Edgar players will testify, whether you're looking for a good buddy or wanting to play a match, Mark Smith is the guy who is very hard to beat. My sincere thanks to our writer Ben Evans. For more information about Edgar, please visit edgargolf.com and please stay tuned for the next episode of the Tough Love and Second Chances podcast. <laughs>